there's too many people that are isolated in trying to do good work for God. They're all trying to figure out how to market Catholicism in a fresh way that actually engages people. So we tried it the first year, had tremendous success. It's exciting. I'm having fun. I'm meeting a lot of really great people. I have been to all of these shows over the last year, and by far this is my favorite. I want to emphasize the importance of what you're doing as lay apostles in the CMN. The Catholic Marketing Network has a service that the marketplace needs and the church needs. There's the distribution of a lot of Catholic religious items, but most of the people you talk to, they say, well, we really come for the networking. It's a great joy to be here. In fact, it was almost 10 years ago that I came to the Catholic Marketing Network for the first time. There was a friend and I putting out sacred music. St. Ignatius Press picked it up and they showcased us. and. Before you know it, we had sold 20,000 copies to people like you. And that sprung board a company that now has reach in about eight different countries. I found really good and you know very interesting because I like when people come from everywhere and we can learn a lot. We come to show something but they show us too, so that's, uh, that's amazing. This is always one of my favorite, favorite, favorite events. I always love coming here and being here because it's, uh, it's such a synergy to be around like-minded people with the same ideals, the same love for the church, so it's beautiful. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you, and thank you so much for tuning in and listening this evening. It's great to be back live, by the way, as well. Uh, no more pre-recorded episodes for you, we hope, for a, a little while anyway. And uh, as always, I am joined by my good friend and uh, co-host, Ann DeSantis. Ann, how are you this evening? It's nice here in Wisconsin. I don't know about Philadelphia. Oh, we had one of the most beautiful days. And okay. I think our guest here, Brendan Lyons, will agree. I don't know about you, Brendan, but I love June. And I just think that today was a beautiful day here in the Philadelphia area. No, it absolutely was, especially when you uh, bring it in after the last couple of days with all the rain we had. <laughs> um, 
um, unfortunately, a lot of what that means for me is that the grass just grew two inches in one day. But uh, <laughs> other than that, my wife and daughter were able to take a nice walk today. I was able to uh, work without the lights on because the sun, sun coming in was sufficient, which is always nice. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah, it's yeah absolutely. Brendan, welcome. And uh, you're a friend and somebody that I know because you were also a guest on the show that I used to do before I was involved with Sewing Hope podcast, which was called The Positive Side on RVN TV. And that was a, a live um, program, uh, a, a video TV program that you were on. So it's a joy to have you here uh, with Bill Snyder and I on this podcast. And I'd love to read your bio first before we begin uh, and, and this discussion that Brendan Lyons is a Catholic husband, father, and author of the pro-life children's book called I Can Hear Music. He's also the associate editor for the National Catholic Bioethics Center in Philadelphia and a lifelong resident of Southeastern Pennsylvania. Again, welcome, Brendan. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And I should note that uh, Anne is actually partially to... Uh, to thank for my position with the uh, National Catholic Bioethics Center, I was laid off in uh, over the summer, uh, as uh, a lot of people a lot of people were last year, and without knowing quite what to do about it, I asked uh, I asked uh, my friends I put it publicly on Facebook uh, if anybody knew where I could find a job. Um, as it turned out, uh, Anne did. <laughs> or uh, you knew somebody who did, correct? Um, and so she sent my um, my resume out, and that's how I got my job. I ended up getting a job uh, two weeks after I lost my job, which is uh, kind of amazing, and um, one might say providential. And I think one of the things you know, I spent several years at my old job. You know, not disliking the old job, but hoping I could find something more in tune with my Catholic faith. And two weeks after I get laid off from my old job, boom, there it is. Well, I have to say, um, you know, it, it just means so much to me to have been able to play a, some kind of part. I can't really take credit because, you know, um, God deserves the credit because I saw it and I thought, what can I do? You know, what can I do to help? So I'm glad that I could connect you with the right people. But, you know, you yourself were the person that got that job. But I, I appreciate that you give me any kind of credit for, for helping you to connect the dots there and, and find employment, especially since you had a brand new baby and, you know, of course, wanted to provide for your family. And uh, why don't we start there, Brendan, because that's, you know, your vocation as a husband and a father. Uh, and I know you're a relatively new dad because your your daughter is only, I think you said 16 months old. Uh, so, it's 14 months. But 14 yeah, months old. Yeah. Uh, um, not quite there yet. Tell us more. Um, yeah, uh, we, gosh, she was born last April um, into, you know, kind of, kind of crazy land, but um, it was an interesting experience, but I couldn't tell you if it was a weird experience or not because it was all weird because it was my first child. Uh, but she was so she was born in April, and 
the hospital stay was kind of odd, but it didn't really matter because it was kind of this, just the three of us got to be in the room together for two days. And I, I've heard from other people, you don't get a whole lot of, uh, you don't get a whole lot of family time right after the birth, but that's basically all we got, um, <laughs> which is, which, which was great. And honestly, the, the lockdown going on ended up meaning that my instead of one week of paternity leave I got a week of paternity leave and then uh, two or three months of working from home with my daughter being able to help my wife whenever so it was one of those things that was kind of yeah it was a definitely a bad time but it parts of it ended up being a blessing for my family so but you know she's she's amazing she I mean I, I don't really need to tell you but she you tell us her something. name her full name oh, yeah absolutely sorry her name is Marielle Marielle Maria, beautiful Marielle Lyons yeah we got that um from a couple of different places um one of which is from Maristella uh the star of the sea mm. and we just really like that we wanted to do a a, a Marian name and we also wanted um we had we had liked the name Eleanor, um, mm. but we decided to take Mary and and Eleanor and, and make and make Marielle and I mean we we saw Marielle we were like hey that works for both so let's do that <laughs> um, so it was mm. it was good it, um, so yeah she's uh, she's almost walking oh. she can walk with a little bit of help she can stand just fine she's saying. Things that are very close to words. She can say like duck and bear and it kind of comes out a little slurred, but you know, it's it's definitely what she's saying because she's she'll pick up the animal and go duck, duck, duck. And then she walks around with two ducks going quack, quack, quack. quack. So, <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh. Yes. oh so she so learned cool. all that. So much and fun. she learned how to offer me food and then take it back and eat it. Um, <laughs> my mother taught her that. Uh, my mother also taught her some other things but the thing I remember most is the fact that she taught my daughter to trick me uh, <laughs> so much fun I, I, I'm thinking of both you and Bill because Bill of course has little Elvin Francesco was born five weeks ago right Bill five yeah. weeks yeah yeah he was born uh, yeah, May 5th Cinco de Mayo so yeah. so uh, but no it's beautiful are you getting any sleep that that's my first question that's <laughs> <laughs> so i don't maybe you should tell me first because i don't want to <laughs> no we got very lucky uh my daughter is extremely calm um what many would refer to as a trick baby uh to lull us into false sense of security when we have a second child um, but she uh she actually slept through the night for the first time pretty early on she's did she really wow yeah, it was maybe 14 weeks the mm. first time she slept through the night um, which isn't to say she always sleeps through the night, but yeah, we, um, yeah, she sleeps really well. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say, but I'm also embarrassed to say, cause other young parents right, are like, exactly. Oh, my baby hasn't slept in three days. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So she's sleeping really well at 14 months old. That's good. I mean, sometimes kids get up and yeah, no, that's going awesome. through like the teething and things like that from what I remember. Yeah, teething was interesting, but she got like seven teeth in the span of a month and has decided to stay there. So it was a rough month, 
but then she just she's got her nice little seven teeth now and i guess she's happy with that for the moment (laughs) that's good oh it's so awesome you know uh just listening to you talk there's so many uh, it's it's so great uh and especially with uh you know father's day coming up uh you know in just a couple of uh weeks here you know that's also Mm. awesome you know just Mm. being able to reflect on um on fatherhood just so much joy in that Uh, there's so much joy in in listening you know in, in in your voice and i know uh it's very similar in mine so uh, it's it's awesome and congratulations and um, you know certainly a beautiful name uh, for her and Mary congratulations Ellen, beautiful. to you as well yeah thank yeah. you yeah it, it's it's a blessing to discuss uh, parenting I mean yeah. of course my kids are way older <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes my kids re- I kiddingly say resent the fact that I still refer to them as my babies right but yeah. at, at, in their mid twenties <laughs> 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 but um. But you know they'll they'll always in some ways be the, be our babies, right? I mean, um, oh yeah, especially when you know you're raising. You remember, you know, I still remember those times like that you're describing. This times when they were so young, and and um, anyway, I kiddingly say that resent because uh, I think I think kids like the fact that their parents honor them in that way and still see the the child in them. Not in an immature way, but in a caring way, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In a caring way. For sure. But um, It's always your relationship to them, even as they change. It's the nice thing about parenthood. Even, you know, even my my 14-month-old is different than she was at 13 months, I would say. You know, she has a sudden sudden change in attitude or something. You know, she's she's becomes very much more opinionated. And you're like, oh, I don't know who this kid is, but... (laughs) <laughs> that'll change again in a month and that's right they're always changing for 12 years is what that's i under- right. how as i understand it yeah <laughs> it's 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 amazing parenting is the best but um well anyway brandon why don't we talk about uh let's start with your your life i mean um uh, with your faith i mean were you always a person of faith and was there a point in your life when your faith became even more meaningful to you um well, to, if it's the last question, hopefully every day it becomes more meaningful yes. to me. But, uh, Amen. you know, I, I, I have always been a practicing Catholic. I haven't always known what that meant. I think a lot of us can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you can look back and say, wow, was I really, did I really think that that was what being a practicing Catholic was? And it seems like sometimes it feels like you can look back every five years and be like, "Ooh, did I think that was was enough?" But um, mm-hmm. that's part of the uh, the learning process. So, so I would say, you know, I've always I've always been a churchgoer. I think there were three weeks in college where I obstinately decided not to go to church, and I felt terrible about it. So I <laughs> went right back. Uh, mm. So uh, yeah, I've always gone, and I, I would say though. It wasn't really until a couple, I became a youth minister um, because I thought, you know, I, I know a lot about being Catholic and just being around the parents and the youth minister and some of the kid, high school age kids who are all so much more, not just knowledgeable, but like passionate. And I realized, wow, I, I mean, I'm not that, uh, you know, I'm not that mm-hmm. on fire. I didn't realize I was. I didn't realize I just had a little pilot light going. I thought I was, uh, mm-hmm. I was a, a big flame of faith, but I realized no, you, there's a lot more to go. And I realize, 
frequently that there's a lot, a lot, uh, you know, the fire can get a lot bigger. It's really every time I feel like my, my, my faith has grown, it just takes you to the crest of the next hill to see the next mountain of how high faith can take you. And I don't mean that in like a, oh, it seems an insurmountable thing. It's really like a lifting you up to greater heights mm. idea. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thanks awesome. for sharing. I mean, um, it's another thing. I mean, I had a big smile when you said youth minister, because I think Bill might have something to say on that end. Another thing that you and Bill have in common, we'll say. <laughs> yeah. I spent some time in youth ministry, many years in youth ministry. Uh, and it was, it was a joy in my life for certain as well. Um, and you know, uh, but yeah, I think, I think the challenges of that also push you to a deeper faith as you're just saying, you know, when you realize, okay, you know, my, my, my cup is just as dry, you know, my, my, my cup is just as dry, uh, as, as some of these teenagers, uh, you know, and, and then you go, okay, well, God, now I need to move more into you and, and move deeper. And then you do kind of look back and you're like, well, I'm, I'm on that mountain. And well, there's another mountain ahead of me, uh, that I can go up. Um, and, and I, and I think it's a great point, Brendan, because as, as faith, um, leaders, I think it's always important that we are never short of learning more about our faith and that we're never, um, you, you know, you know, we should never stop. You know, I, I, I think there's a big temptation in, in ministry, uh, to say, Oh yeah, I don't have to go learn more. I'm I'm done learning. You know, I I I I think there's a really big temptation in it, especially when you're looking at, uh, you know, things like, you know, having a regular podcast or writing books and all these things. Oh yeah, now I'm now I'm giving this back. I don't have to learn this stuff. No, I, you you do need to be a participant. You do need to be in the pews every Sunday. You do need to be leading by example. Um, otherwise, otherwise you're not going to grow in your faith. And the idea is that we're constantly growing. The moment that we stop, I always know, um, Bear Wozniak and a few other gentlemen that I know always say, if you're not moving forward, you're going to start moving backward. Yeah. Oh Um, yeah. And so it's so important. I think that's such a great point for our, for our listeners to understand that if you're not moving forward and it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter how many, you know, theology degrees you have or not uh you got to be moving you got to be moving forward in your personal faith life and your personal journey with christ uh, otherwise you're going to be drifting backward yeah i would agree bill and i think it also helps with any evangelization efforts that we have right as people because it starts with us and our relationship with him and what our faith means to us and how we live it out and on that note when we talking with Brendan here, you wrote a book called I Can Hear Music. And I remember that when I interviewed you on the positive side, we talked a lot about the book. So tell our audience about I Can Hear Music, because I'm sure we have some people out there who are interested in not only learning more, but maybe even purchasing the book. Well, uh, that was actually also a case of thinking you knew a little something about a subject and just looking into it and realizing exactly how much you, you didn't you didn't know how much more there was um when my when we found out we were pregnant uh we started um using the uh what to expect uh website um, which is pretty helpful uh, it gives you a, a good overview of what's going on you, i see i see you nodding yeah, yes. <laughs> um and it is very helpful but um 
so my my wife's a singer and i'm a musician of varying instruments none of which do i play amazingly uh but music is huge you know uh, growing up it was huge for me it's huge for my wife and what i found out was um exactly how much a baby could hear and when they could hear it and it was way earlier than i thought yeah I, i'm thinking you know 36 weeks the baby is basically ready to come out now it can hear me no no nah, not even though it's 20 23 weeks the baby can can start to hear uh the father on the outside um, yeah. the inside sounds from the mother earlier than that um and by 30 weeks you can hear in 30 32 weeks you can hear the whole spectrum of a choir really your your hearing is pretty much there so i was um just taken aback by that um not the least uh because the uh the 24th week was like the day of the 24th week was christmas eve and my father since ever has always read us the night before christmas on christmas eve and I realized that basically the, the day I was more or less assured that my baby would be able to hear my voice was the day that I would be able to read her uh, twas the night before Christmas. So that just really, um, I, don't, I don't know, it warmed my heart's not even enough of it. Yeah. It's like lit my heart on fire, I would say, you know, it's just an amazing feeling. But I also realized that, hey, you know, I, I'm amazed by this. I think other people would be too. And so what I ended up doing is I ended up writing, um, writing down about the development of a baby in the womb. Um, and as I tend to do, I made it rhyme. And I ended up with this book called I Can Hear Music. And it is a sort of a peek inside the womb as a baby can learn to hear. And it's a, it's a children's book. Uh, it's great to read to, um, you know, one, two-year-olds. You could even read it to your child in the womb after 19, 20 weeks because they would be able to hear. And yeah. kids start to learn language. You know, they're not going to come out speaking, but they start to learn language and the sounds of voices. And the, the, the very start of that, that starts still in the womb. So... There was one, um, you know, one specific anecdote that happened actually after I had finished this book and after she was born. But uh, my wife uh, is a cantor, uh, cantor at mass, and the Sanctus uh, is pretty similar for the. She works at. Uh, she sung at three different churches while she was pregnant, and at least two of them had the same Sanctus. So she would sing that, and the baby would kick. In the womb, she would kick to the Sanctus. Other than that, she, you know, she might move it, but if the Sanctus came on, always kick. Mm. So after she was born, um, we went to lockdown. So we were watching, we were watching mass on on TV, and the, the baby, of course, not you know, Marielle wasn't super into watching television at that point, which is good. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. she wouldn't really follow the mass except when the Sanctus played. Like all of a sudden, she was looking up. She was craning her neck. She was trying to see where. Where's that coming from? I know that. And she would do it week after week. So she really did. She remembered, excuse me, she remembered the sound of the Sanctus um, from before she was born to after. So that, and that continuity is not necessarily something you think about, but it really tells you a lot about 
you know, not just what they can hear in the womb, but who they are in the womb. You know, my mm-hmm. baby's love of a song because she smiles. She likes it. Like she had a favorite song pre-birth. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing. And I thought that, you know, mm. that would be a great, uh, not just parenthood message, but a great pro-life message as well, because you know, it's a great reminder that we're a person before we're born. We're the same person after we're born. You know, we're the person before we can hear too. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, that continuity there is, uh, I think, really telling about the development, the very straight single line of development of the human being. Yeah, that's amazing. And, um, and you know, that that's a beautiful story, too. A very good pro-life story, as you just mentioned. Uh, and something that I think we all can, you know, re, or at least, you know, fathers can, can relate to, uh, you know, mothers can relate to. Uh, to to read and speak to their children before they come out. I know I did the same thing. I I was reading all kinds of books uh, to the to the belly um, <laughs> as I was awaiting the arrival. And um, now I read those same books. And you're exactly right. It's very interesting um, to see which ones that he is more responsive to, uh, because you know I here I read Green Eggs and Ham uh, to to the belly. I read Cat in the Hat. I read these stories. Uh, well before um, you know he was he was out of the womb Um, so it was it was quite it was quite beautiful um, to hear you kind of reaffirm that because it that that's totally the case with Elvin yeah yes you know it really is quite amazing because you think I guess you you think a lot about you know I want to bond with that child or you know Mm -hmm. I want to talk to the child but the child's bonding with you while you're doing that too Mm. the child can be bonding with older siblings this elder sibling can be bonding with the child you know yeah. you have your have your three-year-old who has you know like a three-year-old they probably have a book memorized at this point they may not be reading it but you know they've got a book memorized they might be able to recite part if you can help them they can read it to the to the womb and that baby is going to hear and recognize their sibling's voice uh, afterwards and that's uh i mean that's just a that's just a fact i've actually got the uh the citations it's probably, it might be the only child, children's book with citations in it, but uh, it has, <laughs> I, I have end notes <laughs> in, in uh-huh. the uh, children's book, just in case anybody was wondering uh, about where I got you know, these weeks. I, I wanted people to know that, yes, this is like a, it's a nice ch- children's book. It's a fun thing to share. It's also true. It's very true. Mm. It's just beautiful, Brendan. I just want to thank you so much. Um, I don't want to forget to thank also the person who introduced you to me uh, is Mickey Kelly. He's a good friend. He's also the president of the foundation that I represent, St. Raymond mm-hmm. Anatas Foundation. And and you were a great guest when you came on my other show. And, and I'm an honor to have you. And now you're a dad. I mean, back then mm-hmm. your wife was pregnant mm-hmm. and the, the book was like brand new. So I just can't um, say enough good about the work that you're doing and this book. And, um, and so tell us, though, if someone's listening and thinking, hmm, I want to get that book for my son or for a friend of mine, uh, where would they be able to purchase the book? So um, if you're looking for single copies of the book, you can get it on, on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. It's on christianbook.com and Books A Million. Um, but if you... If you searched, I can hear music and my name, Brendan Lyons, uh, it's, it, it comes up. Um, 
Now, I also am for like uh, for pro-life organizations. Uh, I've been giving books to for for half price. Um, particularly, I've been trying to. Um, um, I won't get into too much detail because we're still in the early stages. But I'm working with one uh, Knights of Columbus group to bring uh, copies of it to um, women who decide they want to they want to get uh, an ultrasound to you know at one of the pregnancy resource centers so they um will also receive a copy of the book for so the uh the literal look inside the womb uh would also have a figurative look inside the womb so and that's you know that's for people who they came they came seeking this information it's what they want to know about so um and that's something i'd really like to do because i think it gives an opportunity to for an opportunity for bonding and you know, if, if you're coming to a pregnancy resource center for uh, an ultrasound, you want that bonding. You may be mm. conflicted, but you're you're there to, mm. for that bonding. So, so people can actually email me at. Um, can I get my email? Is that okay? Or? Please yeah, do. please okay. do. Please okay. do, Brendan. So it's a little weird. I apologize. Eventually, I'll probably get an actual official one, but I'm still starting out here. Uh, so it's Lyndon Bronze. Uh, at gmail.com with a period in there. It says L-Y-N-D-O-N period B-R-O-N-S at gmail.com. So um, you can email me there. I have an order form. Um, uh, so if you're with a pro-life group, and especially if you're a pro-life group who wants to share this book with other with um, with um, resource centers, uh, you can get that for half price. And I'm I'm really happy to work with anybody to make sure that can happen. So that's great. That's so great to hear. And, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, pro-life people uh, out here in the Midwest that I, that I know. And so I'm definitely going to uh, recommend that to, you know, people at pro-life Wisconsin and everywhere else, because I think there is such a great, um, there is such a great uh, strategy there. Let's just say that that's a phenomenal strategy to pair that with, uh, people who are seeing ultrasounds or that are, you know, uh, trying, you know, to have maybe having that battle just to push this over the edge and to know that you can, you know, talk with your baby, sing with you, <laughs> sing with your baby. Um, and that is just so, so, so beautiful. So uh, encourage any pro-life groups, uh, contact Bri- uh, Brendan. My, my artist is actually from the Midwest. Um, her name hmm. is Missy Johnson. Uh, the illustrator and she it was actually her suggestion uh, to try to reach out to the pregnancy centers but she's from uh and she's from nebraska um and she were she's part of the the life runners mm-hmm. you ever heard of that oh life runners yeah, yeah. mickey yeah. introduced me to them yeah so um and she's a she's a young artist um you know and she's a very nice person gave me the great idea for the pregnancy uh centers so gotta gotta no. thank her for that Brendan, let me say this. Uh, Let's definitely connect after the podcast because through the foundation that I represent, I mean, I do know some people in even in other states that are involved with pro-life that I could definitely introduce you to. And I hope that would help. Yeah, because I I think it's amazing. I I just, um, I love this idea that the book would go to women that are um, getting that ultrasound and um, especially women who are thinking about in any way, shape or form about an abortion. I mean, wouldn't it be great for them to read that book and, and get a hold of it and be able to see that, you know, that baby can hear 
That baby is alive. That baby is your baby. And um, yeah, so I, I thank you for doing this, Brendan. Really thank beautiful. You. Yes. Yeah, I, I really wanted to find a way to kind of speak to the heart of the matter. Um, and I think that just speaking to the humanity of the child in the womb is, it's really what it comes down to when we, we can have, you know, we can have legal arguments, we can have philosophical arguments even, but when you're, when you get down to it, the really the literal biological truth here is that there's a person in the womb and that's, that's what we're pushing about that's why it matters to us you know it's it's for all the things that get said about pro-life people what really matters to us is that they we really truly feel there's a living human being in there who has the value of a living human being who has that dignity so mm. say whatever you want about us that's what really matters to us mm. yeah yeah exactly and, and i like how you said that's the heart of the matter i like how you mm -hmm. said that's the heart of the matter Brendan, because, you know, I, I think we, we can often get, um, mar we can get marginalized, right? Like, like it's just, oh, you, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're pro-life, uh, you know, you're against women's health, you're against this, you're against that. Um, no, actually, no, we're not right. Um, and, and we're, we're about fighting for equality. We're about fighting for, um, the dignity of each human being, you know, and, and, and as Catholics, I think that takes on, you know, a special uh, relationship because it really is womb to tomb, uh, mm -hmm. you know, from, from, from your very first heartbeat, from your very first moment of conception, all the way to the last breath you take and last heartbeat, that is, you, you know, that life is sacred um, and it's not owned by you. So uh, pointing that out and, and giving people the, um, something so simple like music um, to to be the uh, thing that relates and ties people together, I just think is ingenious uh, and uh, certainly a beautiful thing. So just th thank you for spending the time. And obviously prayer uh, brought you through it too. You know, I mean, you know, prayer and, and, and your own walk with the Lord, your own walk with your family brought you to it. Uh, you know, that realization. And so that is just, you know, so awesome that your experience led you there. Yeah. Amen. You say a lot of prayers when you're your, your father. Hey, yeah, you, you do. Well, when you're a parent, mm. I think you've, <laughs> yes, you do. Yes. You yeah. think you prayed a lot beforehand. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> that's how you have a child, right? <laughs> Which isn't to say, I don't want to be that guy that's like, well, you think you know what's going on, and then you become a parent. No, <laughs> it's not like that. It's just a matter of, oh, now I, now I have an entire, another life I am praying for. That's <laughs> right. Amen. So, Amen. Know. So definitely, I want to make a shout out also to our listeners, because if you know, you're listening to this podcast, I mean, uh, Brendan has a wonderful book that would really make, that makes a difference. Um, I can hear music, Brendan Lyons. So definitely reach out to him uh, and, and any pro-life groups that you know that you think are interested in this book because, you know, we we're hoping this book kind of goes viral all over the place, right? I mean, it's an important book, it really is. And, and I just, I thank you. Uh, why don't we turn to the work that you're doing now at the uh, National Catholic Bioethics Center? Love to hear more. 
Yeah, um, you know, that actually is quite related to uh, the idea of uh, womb to tomb uh, caring for people because uh, while I, I think what the kind of one of the biggest things the, the, bio, the, Catholic, the National Catholic Bioethics Center does is these consults for people in healthcare and really anybody who has a question about uh, bioethics or you know, just ethical practices in medicine or, you know, it could even be like if you're putting together an advanced uh, care directive or something like that, you can call up and, and say, hey, I, I, you know, the doctor wants me to go through this procedure or I'm a nurse and the doctor wants me to help out with a hysterectomy. Is it okay for me to do that? And the ethicist will go through the situation with you. We'll talk about, hey, okay, well, is it intentional sterilization? Is there a health situation? Like, is there, you know, is it, is it cancer related? You know, because if it's, if you're doing something to protect the person's life, you know, it, it might be okay. If it's just an elective sterilization, the Catholic Church isn't okay with that. You shouldn't be involved with, uh, with that. Um, and so if you have that question, this is especially important for, uh, healthcare providers, but you can call the National Catholic Bioethics Center and actually speak to somebody whose job it is to parse out some of the uh, double double effect scenarios and you know some of the other Catholic teachings that will help you you know figure out if you are cooperating too closely with something that's evil or if you are you know it, it, if you're being compelled to do something, you can talk to us too, and we can help you figure it out. Now I say us, you will not get me. I'm just, an, I'm just an editor. So, um, but we, we have um, a lot of people who are really good, at, uh, really know what they're talking about. Uh, me personally, I am an editor for most of our written. Uh, so we have a quarterly journal, uh, which has scholarly articles dealing with bioethics. Um, one of the ones we had was uh, this, I think we have it coming out. It was about uh, embryo adoption and the ethical questions surrounding, you know, we have these frozen embryos that somebody left behind. You know, the Catholic Church definitely teaches that that should never have happened. But what does it teach about what we do with the kid, the, the embryos that are, they're alive now. It's one of those situations where, well, you know, we, we don't agree with the making of a whole bunch of embryos for for something like IVF, but once somebody is alive, they're alive. It's a person, you know. So there's certainly no, there's certainly, it's it's a huge question mark, and I, I you know, it's really not resolved. Uh, it's something that we need to resolve. But that's one of the uh, one of the articles we have coming out. Um, so I, I do the editing, fact-checking for that, some of it. There's, there's three of us in the uh, publications department that do that, well, four of us, actually. And uh, it's actually, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's, um, you talk about uh, finding out just how much you didn't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I went to Villanova. I had a nice little classics uh, philosophy and theology education for like two semesters. Uh, and then I got it, which is nothing against Villanova. That's pretty much what everybody does. And, and it was great. It was very informative. I got here and uh, it's like, okay, you're going to need these 12 books on Aquinas because they're all going to come up in the first thing you edit. So, <laughs> so uh, all of a sudden I'm, <laughs> wow. I'm going from having a nice little survey in uh, Catholic ethics to, you know, pulling up 
some of the deepest uh, mm. <laughs> pieces of writing in Catholic history. So it's uh, it's interesting. I'm learning a lot every day, which is exhausting, but but I like it. That's awesome. And that's great work. Uh, so thank you for doing that work, too, because, uh, you know, uh, thinking through some of those, you know, incredibly difficult topics and being able to have a reasonable, rational and and uh, truth based discussion about some of those sticky areas is is very important, you know, uh, because there's a lot of people out there that 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 look at this and go oh you know what is it okay if is it okay if we do this is it okay if we know like there there are um you know big big issues and i know that um there are ordinary pastors and ordinary parishioners that um just don't know where to turn for for answers like that you know and they've thought about it they've examined their conscience and we're saying that you know these are Catholics in good standing, they want to be good Catholics, and they still have questions about what does a church teach about these really difficult uh, life-related issues. Um, you know, bioethics is one of the um, hardest hardest things to, I think, uh, wrap your head around in, <laughs> in today's culture. I mean, I think it's probably num- the number one uh, most difficult, you know, thing to wrap your head around and, and be able to... Um, come back and have a rational discussion with somebody, you know, about, you know, because there's a, certainly a lot of, on both sides, right, there's certainly a lot of, um, you know, in, you know, people impassioned about their side, right? And and so having the resources that you have uh, and that you work on and that you edit and and, and, and create and then send out are, are so very important for Catholics just to be educated and be able to turn to. Um, you know, so, so as you said, nurses, doctors, people like that to turn to and really say, you know, how do I, what do I do with this? Uh, how do I, you know, participate? That's, that's awesome. So thank you for doing that great work. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy to do it. I'm, you know, I guess I'm just, uh, just trying to help people, uh, you know, you, most of what I do is, is, um, either small stuff like making sure the sentence structure works or, you know, occasionally we'll help somebody, uh, make, make an argument. Um, our production um, manager is really good at uh, fostering a, a an okay argument, turning it into like a really good point that's well researched. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny, because he'll come in, he's been doing this for, for, for five years. And then the editor in chief's been doing this for I'm not sure how long, like 20 years, maybe, but like every once in a while, one of us will walk into the other person's office and be like, hey, what about this issue? And we'll all just kind of sit there and be like, like, it's not surprising that I'm not sure, but you know, we'll have to sit there and be like, huh, that's actually really tough. <laughs> so, wow. you yeah. know, and, and everybody at the, at the center, I mean, I've, I've been there the shortest amount of time. I've been there a couple of months, but most everybody's been there for years and you still run into moments where you're like, huh, yeah, I, we need, we really need to sit down and think about that. So of course, I mean, when you're, when you're a doctor or a nurse or, or a priest, or like, if that's not, you know, that's what we think about all day. And that's, you know, if you've got other stuff you have to think about, like most people do, you might not be able to be like, yeah, have the time to sit down and be like, oh, you know, geez, this is a heavy subject. Right. Or do all kinds of research, you know? Right. <laughs> so I, I think it's great work that you're doing. And, um, and as you said, at the very beginning, 
Um, it makes me feel even more honored that I had some kind of played some kind of part to connect the dots to help you find this job. <laughs> so I, I just think that's an amazing thing. Now, um, I'm sure somebody's listening and thinking that they want to get more information about it. Yeah. Um, so if somebody's listening and wants to connect, they, they have a question or whatever, like what would be the best way to get in touch? So the, the, uh, so the National Catholic Bioethics Center, their website is ncbcenter.org. Um, and then they, uh, if, if you want to call and get a consult, uh, you can call 215-877-2660 and they should be able to connect you to the consults and for the life of me I don't see the direct consult line that's my that's my fault I should have been prepared for that it's but okay yeah, I'm sure if they go to the website or whatever is would it be there yes would it be there somewhere on the website okay yeah it is Yes, it is on the website. So you can actually, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it is 215-877-2660. Oh, good. Uh, Thank and they you, also Brandon. have consults at ncbcenter.org. Uh, and there's a fill out, there's a form we can fill out as well. So if you go to the, the, the first page, there's a little uh, oval that says, ask an ethicist. And if you click on that, that'll give you all the information you would need. Mm, for that. What so, a great organization. And I know it's right in Philadelphia and as you and I are in the Philadelphia area and it's, but it's a national, I mean, it's a national Catholic bioethics center. So they're available for anybody anywhere. So. Yeah. uh, Anyone, anywhere in the United, we get calls from anywhere in the United States and there's, um, it's usually somebody on, uh, on the phone. And if there isn't a message, get back to you pretty quickly. Um, then yeah, you know it's 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 a great group of people. Um, our president, I believe, is is on the the um, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia um, Life Council. I, I keep forgetting forgetting what it's called, but the the uh, the Pro Life Council. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and that's uh, we're really involved in not just you know we're involved in magisterial type. Uh, Type work as well so we work with bishops we're, we're at, mm-hmm. the way i think of it is they're really there for helping people make make the right call on the tough the tough bioethical questions so and I'm really they, glad happen, to... they happen those mm-hmm. questions so especially the the more we get into all of these um changes that we've been seeing with bioethics that people mm-hmm. are sort of accepting now in society so the more that we see those things, the more we need places like the National Catholic Bioethics Center. Yeah, because you know it's 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 difficult. A lot of the um, you know it, we just have a, just today our um, our monthly uh, periodical ethics and medics went out for June, and one of the articles in there was about um, New Mexico just passed a law uh, regarding. I guess they call it the the right to right to die. It's physician assisted suicide is, mm. is what it is. They, they're trying to avoid using that that phrase anymore. You know how we like to try to sanitize things with the terms we use. But um, but it it talks about the the law itself. It says you don't have to 
do it, but there's a clause in there about referring to somebody else if you won't do it. And that's fairly common um, even when in, you know, in abortion situations as well, there are laws that say you're supposed to refer someone to somebody who will do something that you consider unethical, which uh, unfortunately doesn't really work for you. Um, if you are referring someone to an on to do get an uh, unethical procedure, you're cooperating in the procurement of that procedure, and so you're still culpable to you know a, a lesser extent, but you're still culpable, and it's it's still a sin to help somebody else find someone to help them kill themselves. And I know you know the the culture is not going to always agree with that, and there's lots of people, but frankly, it, the Catholic Church teaching is you can't you know, help somebody end their own life and you can't intentionally end a person's life. It's, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's, a, a, you know, an innocent person can't do that. So uh, it's, it's difficult and people, you know, people on the other side of the issue will say, well, you don't have to do it. You just have to help somebody else do it, which is, you know, mm. that's not really much better. Well, sad to say, I hate to say it, but some people, Nobody wants to be the one to say no, but you know what? Somebody's got to do it. Somebody yeah. has to do it and say, you know what? Wrong is wrong. That's all, right? And I yeah. can't help you. I can't help you to do what you want to do. So, I just think uh, I think that what you're doing and what the National Catholic Bioethics Center is doing is amazing. So uh, now we're coming close to the end of the podcast. I want to make sure to give you an opportunity, Brendan, if there's something that you want to tell our listeners about something that's going on for you this year or any other like call to action that you want people to know about, please do tell us. Uh, well, if there are, if there's any particularly uh, big comic book nerds out there, <laughs> um, my friend uh, John Comiskey and I are launching tomorrow is the first, oh, it's episode zero, a <laughs> uh, podcast called Superhumana Vitae. Uh, wherein we take some classic comics, talk about events in them, and kind of compare them with Christian ethics, uh, uh, mainly Catholic ethics. We're both Catholic, but we went Christian ethics just to, you know, open it up a little bit. Right. But, yeah. um, so we're going to be talking about, we talk about, um, we actually just introduced ourselves in the first episode, but so we're going to talk about issues uh, and acts and events in comic books and put them in a frame of, you know, was that, illicit activity was that uh, appropriate was that argument of why it was okay to do something actually does that jive with catholic teaching so it is supposed to be fun uh we had a lot of we've had a lot of fun doing it so uh, that's tomorrow uh superhumana vitae it'll be out in the morning on apple Podcasts. so cool that's, oh that's exciting oh bill had a big smile yeah. when you were talking when you started to talk about it because i know that he he likes that too oh i'm a geek See? i'm a geek at the at, at the core of me i i didn't get too much into comic books and i was a kid but i'm just a geek in general so uh, that that's an awesome um it's an awesome way to relate to the faith and i know there's a lot of people out there that will totally love it uh, know. you know, so in, in, including myself. So that's, that's awesome. And I wish you best of luck with that podcast, uh, because, Thanks. because I think you'll have a big following on it. Super Humana Vitae. Uh, that's a great, that's a great name for it. And where do they find it again? Like Brandon, who, wh what are they, uh, what would they search? Uh, so if you, 
it would be on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, so if you just search Superhuman Vitae. Superhuman Vitae, okay. Uh, it's uh, so yeah, it's just the the encyclical was super in front of it because um, you know nerdiness. Oh um, no, I can't yeah. wait for you, Brendan. That, that's amazing. <laughs> no, we're gonna have to have you back again. You're you're an amazing guest. I was I was very excited to have you as a guest on this podcast, and also for you to meet Bill because you're both uh, you're somewhat of a new father, and Bill's a brand new dad. So <laughs> it still feels like I'm brand new. So. <laughs> Well, awesome. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks for being a guest on Sewing Hope. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And this has been so much fun, folks. Uh, And so it it is awesome to be back with you uh, live on uh, YouTube. And, you know, wherever you're listening to the podcast, thank you for tuning in. Uh, It can be found anywhere podcasts are found. But we really do appreciate you uh, listening. And know that you can always uh, follow a friend and like us on any social media. Just search for Sewing Hope podcast uh, and you will find it on any social media uh, email us sewing hope at patchworkheart.org and uh, we always love to hear from our listeners and whatnot uh, and do that if you missed any of the links or any things that uh, Brennan was talking about make sure you email us and we'll put it in the show notes as well but until next time from all of us here at patchwork Heart ministry keep beating to your catholic heart thanks for listening to this episode of sewing hope on patchwork heart radio for more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.